Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Currently, we are working through what we call the gospel ecosystem, as you see up there, uh, where God grows us and gives us life and growth within the ecosystem. Uh, As we begin to position ourselves for that, have you ever stopped to think about what we are doing right now? Have you ever stopped to think about what is happening right now and just how amazing this really is, what we're doing right now? In my mind, earlier in this week, I'm developing thoughts and then I carefully turn those thoughts into words and I begin to communicate what I'm thinking, what I've prepared. What are you doing? You're listening to sounds that come out of my mouth and uh, that I make, and you're listening to sounds that I make and understanding them as words and hopefully understanding what I'm trying to communicate to you as these sounds come out of my mouth. And then you're making a response in your own mind to what I've just said, even some of the things I just said 30 seconds ago. And just think how quickly all this is happening. I'm saying something, you're hearing, you're comprehending and you're making a response. Our minds are really amazing instruments that God has given to us, powerful things that God's given to us. But also when I do this, when I'm speaking... What I'm saying is actually having an influence upon you as well. It's actually impacting you. It's, it's changing you to some extent. And if we're in a conversation, uh, you're forming a response and your response to, to back to me is influencing how I think. If we stop and actually think what's taking place here, it's quite amazing. Thoughts, words, communication, hearing, response and influence is all taking place. Our minds are constantly being influenced by someone or something, continually happening. We're going to think about that today as we come into Romans chapter 12. So if you've got your Bibles, please go to uh, chapter 12. I'm going to just read the first two verses there. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." Father, we thank you now that we can come and uh, open up your living, eternal word. We ask and pray that, Holy Spirit, you would come and begin to open up our minds to understand what Paul is communicating to us, knowing that you, Lord, have inspired Paul to write this for us. What Paul wrote 2,000 years ago is spot on for us today. So we ask now, please, uh, bring life to your word so that our minds would be transformed and renewed so that we would think more like Christ and therefore live more like Christ to grow in the maturity of the gospel. Help us now, we pray, and we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. 
Okay, so we're unpacking the gospel ecosystem here, the place that God's provided for us to grow into strong, flourishing disciples. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be strong and growing in Him. Uh, Again, if we think about this, what is the ecosystem? How do we describe that? Well, we said last week, an ecosystem is a geographic area where plants and animals and other organisms, as well as weather and landscape, work together to form a bubble of life. All these elements work together. Actually, every fact in an ecosystem depends on every other factor, either directly or indirectly. They're all working together, these various elements. So in an ecosystem, all these elements or things are interrelated and interconnected, working in harmony with each other to form the bubble of life, or in our context, life and growth in the gospel in Christ. In a gospel ecosystem, we're going to see it like this. It's going to be God's Word and Spirit working with loving God, working with community, working with serving others and working with being on mission for the lost. We're going to see all those things that God's given for us to grow and mature as disciples and also to see his kingdom grow and expand as we call others, as it were, into this gospel ecosystem where everything works together to contributing for that growth. So today, though, we want to build on this foundation that God's given us for this growth within the ecosystem. It's the building blocks or the foundations here to erect the gospel ecosystem, to build this ecosystem in our lives. The building blocks here are God's Word and God's Spirit. God's Word and the Holy Spirit working as the foundation, the very building blocks of this gospel ecosystem. That's where we're going to head. So Romans 12 here, we just read those couple of passages, uh, those, that one passage of a couple of verses. It really is a major change in the book of Romans right here that Paul's uh, writing as he goes through and writes this under the inspiration of God's Spirit. See that word therefore in verse 1. Kath will bring it up for us there. You'll see that word therefore in verse 1. Therefore are some of the most important words in the Bible. There's no word that is wasted in the Bible. Therefore is a really, really important word in the Bible. The word therefore means this. Because of everything I've said in chapters 1 to 11, therefore, because of chapters 1 to 11, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What's Paul doing saying in that therefore? He's saying this. Romans 1 to 11 is a very comprehensive explanation of the gospel. Paul gives a very deep and thorough understanding of what God has done for us in Christ through these first 11 chapters of Romans. And now he begins to shift to how the Christian life looks, how the Christian life works, practically how the gospel is now lived out. So it's like, therefore, because of all I've told you about what Christ has done for us, therefore, because of that, Now we live like this. And this is what Romans 12 onwards is all about. It's how we should respond to God for what he has done for us in Christ. Therefore, because of what Jesus has done for us, namely his life, death and resurrection, it's only reasonable in the light of that, that we present our bodies or we present our lives as an offering of worship in the light of what the gospel has achieved for us. Therefore, Paul says, because of that, offer up your bodies, offer up your life is this living sacrifice of worship. And the rest of Romans, 
becomes a roadmap to actually show us how to live out this life in this world. Now, what I need to say here is something really important as well. This practical living isn't a means to earn salvation from God. So don't think, if I do all these things, somehow I earn something from God. Now, Paul's not, he's actually stressed the first 11 chapters, it's not about that, it's all about what God has done for us. So we're not earning something from this practical living. This practical living is a response. It's a response of living from the salvation we've already received from God. Not something we're trying to earn. So really important to get that because sometimes it's so easy for us to get uh, into that thinking that I do something to earn something. Not the case here. Paul's not thinking that way at all. So Paul starts here in verse 2 with a very well-known passage and also a very powerfully instructive passage for us as well. We're saved by Jesus but we still live in this broken world that has a powerful influence over our lives. We're told here to no longer conform to this world but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Our mind is a major part of us that needs to be reprogrammed or retrained. Critical. As we just said before, just how fantastic this thing is that God's given to us, it also needs to be reprogrammed and retrained now that we've become followers of Christ. Okay, firstly, let's deal with the negative of this verse where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, a couple of things I want us to think about. Two words, conformed, that's it there, and world. What's Paul mean by conformed? Well, the word conformed means to fit with, to assimilate to, to match up with, or be moulded into, to look like, to be conformed. I didn't join the army, but if I did, when I joined the army, I conformed myself to their regulations and their attitudes. I actually assimilated into what they wanted me to do. I became just like them. I conformed myself to the army regulations and attitudes. That's conformed. World. When Paul uses the word world here, he's referring to our culture's godless ways of thinking or attitudes, or desires, or trends, or goals, and morals. Paul's thinking of the godless ways of this world around about us when he uses that word world there. So if we put these two words together, what Paul's telling us about here, he would say something like this, don't learn or fall in line with the godless ways of this world. Paul would say, Don't allow yourself, as it were, to be squeezed into the mould of godless thinking and attitudes of this world so you just fit in and assimilate with how the world lives and thinks and practices. Don't do that, Paul says. It's a negative reaction here. Be aware of how this godless world thinks and behaves, Paul would say, and then withdraw from that. Don't conform into it, withdraw, pull back, move away from that. Let me just say something here. Every single one of us, every single one of us is a perpetual or continual learner. Every single one of us. All of us are learning constantly every day. Probably every hour of every day we are learning things. Continually. Now, some of you might say, I'm no learner. I finished school years ago. I don't read books, I've given all that up. 
Every single one of us is learning and being shaped in our thinking every day. We are all being taught or, or discipled, as a way, you could even use that word, by someone or something every day without fail. If you are doing something as simple as scrolling through social media via Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or TikTok or you're listening to podcasts or you're reading blogs or you're even going onto Pinterest and or watching YouTube, you're learning. You're actually being discipled. You're actually being trained by all those influencers. What do they call them? They're called social media influencers, aren't they? They're influencing us if you're doing something as simple as that. You're learning or you're being discipled on how you should look with the right clothing if you get onto some of those social media websites. Or how you should pose for the best photo. They'll even teach you how to do that. Or what gear you need for your four-wheel drive. You'll go and you'll just learn and you'll be discipled about that on those social media things. You'll learn how to decorate your bedroom on social media. You'll learn how to make the best cupcakes in all of Victoria from social media. You'll learn how to deal with your relationship problems on social media. You'll even learn how to lose weight. I've got to be careful where I look when I say that. <laughs> You'll even be careful how you learn to lose weight on social media. <laughs> you go there and it'll fix up your arthritis problems as well. We are all being taught or learning something because we're being influenced by that. It's an endless list. Every one of us are watching stories, taking in images, listening to sound grabs, reading blogs, and they're influencing us. They're discipling us. How do I know? Because it happens to me. It happens to me. I read articles, I listen to podcasts, and I see images, and they're all influencing me. They're changing the way I think. They're changing the way I respond. Now, is everything we see in the world in that way godless and wrong? No, certainly not. Certainly not. Learning is quite a positive thing. That's why we have a schooling system, so we can actually help minds develop and grow. But our minds are really powerful things. It's amazing how we can take in information and retain this in our mind and pull back images from so far back. Now, my dad died 41 years ago, but if I sit here, I can, I can pull back an image from probably 50 years ago. I can see myself sitting in the ute, going to a hardware store with my dad 50 years ago. That is ridiculous, isn't it? It's all contained up here. I can, I can pull that image back and I can see it again as clear as day in front of me. Now, sometimes we, our mind pulls back images we don't want to see, and that's really unfortunate, Tom, but it just shows you what gets in here and what stays and what sticks. It's amazing. It's amazing what's God given to us. Now, why do, I, why do I say all this? Because our minds are constantly being trained or influenced on how to think and how to respond in certain ways. Now, much of what we see in this world is broken and comes from a faulty worldview. In our Western culture, some of the biggest influences they have upon us, particularly through social media but other areas as well, are the desire for beauty, it's the desire for sex, it's the desire for material wealth, or it's the desire for pleasure. 
These are like the big things that this world is trying to influence us with and saying this is where life is. Now, none of those things, beauty, sex, material wealth and pleasure are wrong on their own, but when we are getting, as it were, bombarded or messaged with that stuff all the time, telling us this is where life is to be found or this is the primary thing about life, that slowly, bit by bit, begins to get in. It begins to change the way we think. It begins to change the way we respond to life. It's amazing how that happens. It's, 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 it's like drip by drip, or it's little bit by little bit. We just constantly hear that same message, pushing one of those things or other things. And it gets in, and it be, we begin to find our hearts being shaped by those corrupted influences in our lives. Could be this. If you're a lady, you might see these beautiful people on social media, and you begin to think, I've got to look like them. I've got to have the same shape as them. I've got to have the same clothes as them. It actually just begins to just drop into our mind and we begin to feel ourselves think, I've got to go that direction. That's where life is. Or if we look at pictures of couples and they're, they're doing their thing in relationship and perhaps if we're single, we think, that's where life is. I've got to be like this couple that I see them having this unbelievable time just begins to drop into our mind and it changes the way we think or if we see people getting away for a holiday or a vacation nothing wrong with that but it's amazing how that begins to influence that's the life I want if only I could get away on those holidays then I'd be far happier we just see these things and it just begins to drop in it changes the way we think it changes the way we view this world I want to have the same experience they're having Now, some of those movies and pictures and stuff we read or images we see, they're out and out godless. I mean, I'm shocked what I see what pop up sometimes on the computer. I think this is, I'm not looking for it, it just pops up. It's just out and out godless when that does that. And other stuff which isn't necessarily wrong, I mean, looking at somebody's holiday vacation, that's not wrong at all, but it's amazing how sometimes lots of those images and, and the trails that maybe Instagram and things might take begins to consume our mind and then we get so filled up with that stuff which is not necessarily wrong but redirects our time our energy and our money it just begins to grab us not wrong but it's actually drawing us away from what's really important in our life here's what happens the gospel comes in and we're given a new set of eyes We're given a new mind to understand this world through. We see that the world is broken and that these worldly mindsets, what we see here, what are they? They're they're puffs of short-term experience that last for a while, look fantastic, and then they evaporate and they leave us empty. Because we can never look as beautiful as that girl we see on the Instagram. I can never dress as well as that girl. I can never go on the sort of... It just leaves us always falling a bit short. We strive for it and we end up falling short. Paul says, don't, don't, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let your mind be conditioned by this world and then your life becomes an outworking of those thoughts, desires and attitudes. Don't go there, Paul says. Paul doesn't leave it though just as a negative for us. He's also got a positive command for us here as well. He follows on and says this in verse 2, be transformed 
by the renewal of your mind. Our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to think differently. It needs to be made new. It needs to be reprogrammed. It needs to be transformed. What do you think Paul means here by renewing our minds? I think he's saying this. Instead of feeding the world's corrupted ways into our minds, instead of actually just feasting on that and just allowing that to come in unfiltered all day long, we need to feed into our minds truth. We need to renew our minds in the truth. The truth is what cuts through all the darkness and exposes all the falseness and exposes all the lies that this world will try and sell us where life is. And we're immersed in it. We need to have the truth so we can cut through all that and understand, yeah, that is false. That is wrong. Yes, it does promise some pleasure and joy for a while, but it all just evaporates and leaves me an empty wreck at the end, possibly. The truth that Paul is talking about here is this. It's the truth about God. It's the truth about our Creator. It's the way that God wants us to think. It's the way God wants us to live. And that's what God's truth reveals to us. It reveals to us the truth. It reveals to us the way to think. And it reveals to us the way to uh, to live as well. And the foundation of this truth, of God's truth, uh, is where we grow in vitality and where we flourish as a follower of Jesus. It's the truth of who God is that exposes this and then helps us to grow. The truth of the gospel gives us a very clear view into this world, helping us to see how to think, how to live. Here's what um, Jesus says in John 17, 17 about the truth. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Lord, Jesus saying, Father, set them apart in truth. Help them to be separated from this world, separated from the ungodliness of the world in your truth. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. That's where we are separated from this world, by God's word. In a sense, the world we live in is a dark world. It doesn't know how to live. Well, then the psalmist tells us this in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. These are not throwaway lines that the psalmist is writing. He's experiencing that through all the the falseness he's experiencing there. He's saying, the only way I can see clearly in this dark world is your word casts light onto all the lies. Your word casts light onto all the falseness. Your word actually helps me to live rightly. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. That's what the truth does. It shows us how to walk, how to think, how to live. This is the key foundation here of the gospel ecosystem that God's given to us. It's the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, working through God's Word to illuminate our minds with the truth, to help us to see clearly into this world. This is what the Spirit does. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ in this transformational process in our lives. Have a look at what it says here in 2 Corinthians 3.18 where it talks about that. And we all, all of us, Paul's talking about the church, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Where do we, where do we behold or where do we see this glory of the Lord so we can go through this transformation process? Where do we see Christ? Well, we see him in the Word. 
We see him in the Bible, we see him in the Scriptures and that's what the Spirit does. The Spirit illuminates Christ into our minds and we begin to see who he is, what he's done for us, how he calls us to live. This is the work the Spirit does with the Word. Everything we do here at Exchange Church in building this gospel ecosystem has its foundations in God's Word and God's Spirit working together to grow us. This is where God grows us. Here in these basic foundations. As we grow in the knowledge of who He is, we grow in our love and appreciation of who He is and what He continues to do for us day after day. The more we see of Him, the more we love Him, the more He changes us, the more we can live rightly in this world. This transformation process is the growing process that God ordains. Here's how God uses his word then to help us navigate through this world. The renewed mind develops something. It develops discernment. Have a look in verse 2 for that word there, the last half of verse 2, that by testing, sorry, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we're watching or consuming media or information or we're dealing with life, we need to have a discerning mind. We need to have something that can discern what we're viewing, what we're, what we're allowing into our mind. What is a discerning mind? A discerning mind is an informed mind. It's a mind that understands what's happening. It's a mind when we're reading or seeing something, we're actually got a feel for where this is going and what it's doing. That's called discernment. Now, sadly, sadly, the generation we're currently in lacks discernment. Lacks discernment. We lack the understanding and the wisdom to see clearly into things And when we lack that, we actually just fall for it hook, line and sinker because we haven't discerned whether this is good for us or whether this is not good for us. It can all look great on the outside, but if you haven't got the discernment to see where this is going, you can just grab it like a fish grabs the bait on a hook. You need discernment. And the generation we're in hasn't got that. I've heard this said a few times. The current generation is probably the most biblically illiterate generation we've ever been in. People don't know their Bibles. People don't know God's Word. People don't know God's truth and when you haven't got that, you've got no idea how to actually navigate your way through this world. That's why we go to places like social media to try and, oh, how do I deal with this? Okay, maybe I'll tap something in and it'll bring it up. And as soon as we do that, our discernment or thinking, what we think is discerning or thinking, is built on faulty, broken foundations that aren't biblical. And if we do that, this is what often happens. Sometimes we don't think about a situation clearly enough and when we don't think about it clearly enough and use discernment, we just react out of emotions. Not thinking, we just react out of the heat of the moment with emotions. We don't stop and take the time to carefully think through what's happening with the wisdom that God gives to us. The will of God here in this verse means that this is, this is the right thing to do. 
This is the right thing. What is the will of God? Well, it's the right thing to do. How do I discern what the right thing to do is that will honour God? That's what the discernment is going to build for us. Our thinking is critical because our thinking, our thinking drives our life through actions and reactions. It's critical that we actually understand this. Our thinking drives how we drives how we respond in words and actions to life around about us. Something happens, we get a thought in our mind to respond to that. So the thinking is where it starts. So we've got to actually understand is that the right thought, is that the wrong thought? This is this is why it's so critical to get the thinking right. Because if it's the wrong thought and we just allow that wrong thought to give birth to an action, well then we've just gone down the wrong path. Thinking is critical here. If our thinking is faulty, if we just don't discern it's the wrong thing to do, then we will respond with a sinful word or a sinful action. It'll just happen because we've used no discernment to discern that thought. Broken, faulty thinking produces broken, faulty lives. It starts with the mind. It starts with the thinking. Holy Spirit perfectly knows this. God knows how we've been created. He knows that it starts with our lives in the transformation process. It starts in our mind, thinking right, to get our thinking correct. Because we know that gospel-centered thinking, right thinking, clear thinking and rational thinking builds the foundations for right living. If we think right, we live right. If we think right and produce the right responses, well, then we live right. Right thinking produces right living, as God's word works with God's spirit. So when we're faced with this really hard and difficult life situation, with the stuff of life that just comes, the Holy Spirit will use the truth of God's word that we've implanted into our hearts and minds as we read and think about it to build discernment and wisdom into us to stop and process that response before I go any further. Is that the right thought? Is it the wrong thought? And if we've got the right material through God's Word and God's Spirit, it gives us the ability to hopefully make that right choice and detect that's the right thought, that's the right response to make. God starts with our minds to grow us and transform us. And this is precisely what God does. It's the Spirit working in God's Word, producing within us an ability to grow and to flourish, to overcome in any season of life, no matter what we're going through. Have a look here how the psalmist sums this up for us in Psalm chapter 1. Verse 1, he says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Literally saying the same thing Paul's saying. That's another way of saying, don't be conformed to this world. Don't come under the world's corrupting influences. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't be influenced by them. Don't stand in the way of sinners and hear their guidance as well. Don't do that. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Don't be influenced by the corruption of this world. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world. You could say exactly that's what the psalmist is saying there. But then he goes on and says this, but his delight, we're talking the same man, blessed, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, God's word, God's truth. 
And on his law, he meditates day and night. Look at what he says here when you do this. Verse 3. What's he like? He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. He's like a tree planted by this clear, cool stream, feeding on the Word of God through that vital nutrient of water and it's enriching him, it's growing him. He's blessed by that. He's meditating on God's Word day and night and he's growing and flourishing as he does that. This is what God's given to us. This is where we grow in this ecosystem. We need to take a spiritual health check. And that spiritual health check is this. Be really honest and evaluate yourself by measuring this. Go back over the last seven days. How much time do you spend watching movies or TV? How much time are you scrolling Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Snapchat or any of those ones? How much time are you using that? How much time do you spend watching YouTube? How much time do you invest into fishing or four-wheel drive dreaming? Just dreaming about the next purchase or putting modifications on this vehicle. How much time do you spend doing that? Or how much time do you spend on a whole endless list of interests and other hobbies that you could be doing? How much time do you actually spend there like daydreaming as it were and planning on whatever your interest might be? Think about that. Then think to yourself and compare how much time have I spent reading God's Word and feeding my mind with that over the past seven days? It'd be a good exercise to do. If you've got an iPhone, it'll tell you how much screen time you've actually put on that phone that week. You could even do that and say then, how much time have I spent reading God's Word over the last seven days? You see, if that comparison is out of whack or out of balance, as in it's just uh, I've spent little or no time reading God's Word, actually I can't remember the last time I opened the Bible, and don't count Sunday mornings here as that, I'm talking your own personal reflections through the week, if it's like that, it's no wonder that you are shriveling up on the inside spiritually. You're not a tree planted by the streams of water. You're a tree planted in the middle of the desert because you're not feeding yourself on what God gives to you. And it's any wonder you're shriveling up on the inside and you've got no discernment and you get into all sorts of trouble. It's no wonder that we easily get angry or we lose patience, or become self-centred. Because we've lost sight of what the truth is, and it's not about me, it's about Christ and it's about others. And I only find that as I actually read and reflect and think and meditate upon God's Word. We can't deal with life's hard stuff because we've got no foundation of truth to draw from because we're not feeding ourselves upon that. And it's any wonder then that we are shriveling up. We're drying out. We're starving ourselves to the very thing that God gives to us to grow and to flourish in Him. You know, you may be able to put up a good front on the outside and even have all the right answers if someone asks you a question, but you'll know on the inside that you're actually running on fumes. 
You're not drawing from a deep well that God's given to us. God's given us his word and his spirit to grow us in vitality and in life. So why we focus here on Sunday mornings on proclaiming the Bible at our Sunday gatherings. These are not my thoughts, primarily. I'm, I'm adding my thoughts to this, but primarily we are coming straight from God's word. It's the foundation here for building this gospel ecosystem where God wants us to flourish as disciples in any season of life, just like I said in Psalm 1, the leaf never withers. Sure, the winds will blow and it'll be dry and hard, but if you're anchored and deep in God's word beside that stream and being fed by him, your leaf won't wither. You'll stand strong. Is it easy? I mean, is it easy to pick this up and read it? Yeah and no. It's way easier to pick up a phone and start scrolling because just, it just grabs me. Yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to make time for it. I've got to make a habit. I've got to make a discipline of it. But it pays massive dividends. We need to ask God's Spirit as we come, each time we pick that up, say, Lord, please, I'm going to come and read your word. Please, Lord, please, open my eyes up now. Help me to see Christ as I read. Give me understanding, Lord. And then start reading. And I'll assure you that if you do that and make a regular habit of doing that, God will work through that and he will grow you. And you will grow in discernment how to deal with this world, how to face the challenges we come across. Let me just close with this. I've got a friend who's just retired from ministry at about 70 years of age, looking to just slow down a little and uh, pull back from full-time ministry. Since that's happened, his wife has developed significant dementia. Significant dementia. She had some there, but since he's retired and pulled back, she's developed significant dementia. His retirement now will be to look after his ailing wife. Many of his hopes and his dreams for a few quieter years have gone up in smoke. Just not going to happen. How's he going to think his way through that? How's he going to deal with that stuff of life that just comes on people and happens to people? How's he going to think his way through that? Chatting to him the other day and he says one of the things that keeps him strong during this season of suffering, because that's exactly what it is, when I hear what he's telling me what he's going through, He says, one of the things that keeps him strong as he goes through this season of suffering is, I come back to God's word and I'm just renewed in strength and I'm renewed in mind. I don't go down the dumps about life. God's strength, like that tree planted by the stream of water and his leaf doesn't wither even though he's got a very difficult period of time coming for him. God's word anchors him and grows him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can uh, come around your word. God, what a precious, precious gift that you've given to us. Lord, you have revealed yourself so clearly to us through your word. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that it's not up to us in the sense of giving us understanding. Your spirit works in that word And amazingly, supernaturally, builds and grows faith in our heart and develops this 
ever-increasing vision of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. It enlightens our heart and our mind to the true nature of this world. God, we thank you for that. We ask and pray today, Lord, you would continue to work through your word, growing Christ in our hearts, giving us clarity as we look into this world. Look, for those who are in front of me now today, who are sitting there and thinking, I haven't picked it up for weeks. I can put a good show on on Sundays, but I haven't picked up your word for weeks. But I pray that they will not be swallowed up by condemnation, but I pray they'll be swallowed up by your grace. Your grace that says, yeah, you can start today. You can begin to feed yourself on the words of Christ today. You can begin to feed yourself on the grace that God gives us today, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would respond in such a glorious way that as they pick your word up, their hearts would leap, leap, Lord, with joy as they see the truth beginning to break the chains in their life, the chains of faulty thinking. And that would lead, Lord, to that tree that is planted by those waters, bearing its fruit in season and its leaf never withers. Let that be the case, I pray, Lord. Grow us, grow us all as a church here. Deepen your word as you work with it, I pray, Holy Spirit. That we would grow an ecosystem, Lord, that would see many, many people experience Christ in this particular way. Father, we ask that we pray that this morning in your name, Jesus. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.